You know, the number one thing that women say they want in a man is no, not looks, and it's not money. Obviously, those things are great. But the number one thing women say they want in a man is a sense of humor. And guess what? I can help you with that because I teach men how to banter. Yeah, you can actually learn how to banter. So if you're having trouble getting dates or you're always left on red, women don't answer you online, you might have a problem with your banter. But good news for you, learning how to banter, especially with me, is actually really fun. And no one else really teaches you how to banter. So if you actually want women to start responding to you, and not only just responding, but engaging and enjoying and laughing with you, then I think you need to hit me up. That's kristenandchill.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. If you like what you're listening to and you want dating tips and strategies directly from me, then you can get in touch with me by shooting me a text to the number 310-299-9139. Up until now, only the best clients of mine had personal access to me. But now, because so many guys ask my personal help regularly, I'm building a private texting community where I answer your questions, give you killer tips, and just make your dating life smoother and easier than ever before. Even if you're not just dating and you're married, I can help you with that too. So just shoot me a text at 310-299-9139. I really look forward to hearing from you. All right, text you soon. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have Akeem Griffiths on the show who is going to talk to us all about how to be confident and not just in metaphorical ways, but actual step-by-step ways. We also are going to talk about approaching. So if you want to approach or build your confidence, keep listening. Welcome to another episode of the Ask Women podcast, not the Ask Women podcast, but maybe one day when we get that desperate. Welcome to the show. It's your host, Kristen Carney, missing Marnie Kenris for a few minutes, hopefully until she can join. We're having some technical errors. But as you guys know, she's the lesser of the two co-hosts, so I think we're fine without Marnie. Also, because we have a really awesome guest today who's going to help us with our confidence and our self-esteem. And when that's in place, there's no telling you what you can do. So we have Akeem Griffiths on the show today. And Akeem was the runner-up on Big Brother UK and does a lot of charity work. But he's also a pretty strapping young lad. And so I think he's going to be able to speak on the confidence stuff, how to get it, how to build it, and how to get abs as well. Hey, Akeem. Hi, how are you doing? You okay? <laughs> Hey. Well, I'm okay now that I saw the picture of your abs. <laughs> uh, you've obviously been on my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I'm always there. What are you kidding? <laughs> so we just got acquainted. And before the call, you had said that you could speak on the matter of confidence. But in the intro, I said, he's a very strapping young lad, can talk about confidence. But a lot of the guys listening will say, well, yeah, of course you can speak on confidence because 
He's good looking. He's a strapping young lad. It's going to be easy for him to have confidence. So I'm going to grill you a little bit and kind of push you as far as possible so that we can get the good so that it applies not only to guys who may have been hitting the genetic lottery, but also the guys that maybe haven't as well. So does that sound like a plan? Yeah, sounds great. Okay, awesome. So tell me a little bit about your dating situation, what your love life is like, and then we'll go from there and jump off into that uh, confidence discussion. Yeah, so I'm in a relationship at the moment and have been now for the past 18 months. Really good relationship. Prior to that, I was in a seven-year relationship. It didn't really work out. But yeah, the, the relationship I've been at the moment, I actually met her in, in England. I'm from Wales originally. So um, yeah, I've um, now moved countries. And um, yeah, we live together happily at the moment. So for 18 months, happily ever after for 18 months, which is sometimes easy to achieve because it's not seven years, but also can be hard to achieve just in general because making connections, I think, in the online world that we live in and all that stuff can be really challenging. Did you guys meet in an organic setting or did you meet on the internet? No, to, to be honest, I've never ever really experienced any form of dating on the internet. So that, that's yet to be yeah. discovered by me. But I'm making on the night out. So Lucky. I did, um, <laughs> I did a photo <laughs> shoot in Kent where I do a bit of modeling. And I went out um, later that evening then to just have a few celebration drinks, the day's work. And um, yeah, I met it on the night out. So a night out. Okay. So you're meeting in person. You've been on TV. It's going to be easier for you. So. Let's just kind of start right now and talk about how can a guy who has not been on television, who isn't super great looking, who's behind a computer all day long, how can he build some confidence so that he can finally get a piece, at least, get some action? It's a very difficult question to answer, but the first thing I always recommend is, and I think this is rule number one, because if you don't achieve this, I feel like you can't go to the next hurdle, is mm-hmm. don't relate your life to anyone on social media. That's rule number one. Yes. For me because a lot of guys out there um, automatically, and they do this by default, I used to do it all the time, I'll be honest with you, you tend to just really compare yourself with other people round about your age or people who may be a bit older and younger, but people of the same sex, male, you automatically think that if you're not as good looking at them or if you're not doing the same profession as them, you are failing and then your confidence is dented. But coming from being on television, I can tell you now, 90% of what you see on social media is fake. So it's a big thing. Yeah. I would venture to say 100% of what you see on social media is fake. I think I've been, I don't want to say the word victim, but I've fell prey many times. I mean, I fall prey to it constantly of the comparing myself to other people. And it's taken, I think, so much away from my quality of life that I'll forever be trying to gain the ground that I've lost. And if anyone listening to the show is just starting to fall into that hole, the best advice is get out now, save yourself. Because it's like once you fall into that hole, you trip, you really lose control and you fall down that well. There's a way out, but it's a lot of work to get out. So rather than putting all of your energy into climbing out of the hole, put all your energy into never falling into the hole. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. Yeah. 
So when you see someone online, how do you not compare yourself? So I'm saying like, don't fall in the hole, but how do you not? Like, what do you do to snap yourself out of it? It's very difficult because if you're new to social media, you, you kind of want to explore it. You want to know the ins and outs of it. But then at the same time, then when you're doing that, you're also analyzing what other people are doing. And then unfortunately, it will happen by default. Like automatically, you cannot help yourself but look at other people. And you can't. And it's very, and I'll be honest, it's probably almost impossible at first not to fall into that trap. The difficulty is how far do you fall into it? You know, there has to be a stopping point. And if you don't stop, you'll be on a hamster wheel. You'll keep going round and round and round. And next thing you know, then you, you feel like the world is against you. And then they, they're quite frankly, they don't really care. And so I, to answer your question, I don't think you can avoid it. It's just when you wake up and smell the coffee, get out of there straight away. Yeah, yeah. Comparing yourself to yourself is really the only comparison you should make. What were you yesterday? What were you two weeks ago? What were you a year ago? And obviously, you don't want to be super harsh on yourself. But if you are going to compare, compare to where you were last week, not to where someone else was today. Absolutely, yeah. And like that applies to men and women. I think that's like a great bridge to connect both of us because this isn't something just men do. It's not just something women do. This is like a human thing. And it's like I said, for me, it's tripped me up. And I know it's obviously tripped up hundreds of thousands, if not millions and millions of other people. That's a good step one for some confidence talk. What's another thing that guys can do to work on their self-esteem? Again, it's very difficult, but once you get past step one, actually realizing that every single person is completely different and you're never going to be able to mirror people full stop. Once you get over that hurdle, the next thing for me is, again, it's, it's easier said than done, but not being afraid of rejection. And I know this is a completely another separate topic of discussion, but it took me a long time. But the thing is, I identified in myself that eventually... The worst thing someone can say is no. Yeah, you won't take it as a positive outcome. You know, who would when you get turned down? But for me, it's, it's all about understanding that everyone is exactly the same. And the worst someone can say to you is no. And once you get that in your head, things start to be a bit easier. And I know it's easier said than done, but I think it's getting over that hurdle not to be in fear of rejection because I can guarantee you everyone has gone through that. And when you start to realize that everyone is, is pretty much the same as you and gone through it, it does start to get a bit easier. Obviously, if there's other people who are going to be more rejected than others, and I get that. And it's like going for a job, really. You know, if you get turned down at the interview, there's only so many times you can get turned down. But work on where you think you may have gone wrong and just keep trying. It's just never give up because people who give 100% will succeed in the end. Yeah. Have you heard of the book? I'm sure you probably haven't was like a massive big seller a few years ago, but the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Have you ever heard of that? I don't think I've heard of it, no. I mean, the title obviously is like very captivating in a sense, like your eyes going to be drawn to it. Yeah. I read half of it, but when I say read, what I really mean is I listen to it on tape. I don't read. Let's get that straight <laughs> right now. <laughs> but I listened to half of it. Eventually, I kind of gave up because it was like kind of repetitive. It's like, okay, we get it. You can only restate that sentiment so many times. And it definitely sunk in enough where I was like, okay, now I'm just going to lay in silence rather than listen to this book. But there is so much freedom in finding that sweet spot 
of caring enough to have a quality life, but not caring so much that you hang your hat on rejection and people accepting you. And like the most difficult part is, I think, maintaining that level of separation from giving a fuck. It's like you get empowered for a day or two at a time and you're like, I don't give a fuck. And then eventually, you know, you're a human being and things creep back up on you and you do start giving a fuck again. But those moments where you don't give a fuck, I think shine bright enough to make you resilient or make you kind of get to that next phase of not giving a fuck. Because it's a very powerful feeling. And I know for me, I definitely like, quote unquote, give a fuck, but I also don't. And the moments that I don't are the moments that people respond to me the best. They're the moments that I connect with the people that I truly should be connecting with. They're moments where I'm being true to myself. And when you're like that, there's something very appealing to someone else. Like they can sense that energy when when you're free from chains that aren't meant for you. It's like, whoa, who's this guy or who's this girl? But for me, usually they say, who's this guy? That's my (laughs) hat. (laughs) But it's like when you can have those moments of not caring about the rejection, you give off a different energy and that energy is very attractive and it doesn't matter what you look like. When you have that energy, people are drawn to you. And I've seen that with men and women, like people that aren't magnetic in terms of maybe the way they dress or the way they do their hair, but they're magnetic in the way that they carry themselves because they know who they are. So it's like, there's an element, like you seem like you know who you are. Like you seem like you're you, you're confident with you. And so rejection can't hit as hard when you know who you are, when you know your value and you know your worth. Absolutely. I think for me is, is it took me a long time really to find out who I was. But when I try to be someone else for someone else, you're never going to win. It's a constant battle. And you, you feel you feel nervous all the time because you know it's not really you and you're trying to please others and be happy. But at the same time, you know it's not who you are. And when I discovered who I actually was, like the world was my oyster then. I know then that whoever walks into my life, they know who I am and I don't have to change for that person. I think that's probably... One of the most important points really here is to find yourself and the person you want in your life will find you naturally. It will happen eventually, but don't be someone else for someone else. Like, because you're going to be in a constant battle and you're never going to win. You're never going to be happy on the inside. No, it's like building a house on a foundation made of clay. You know, yeah. it's like, it's just going to fall. It's going to yeah, crash exactly. and you're going to be inside that house the roof is going to fall on you, a brick's going to hit you, and you're going to be comatose or dead from it. So it's definitely not the way to go. But the struggle is, how do you find yourself? What did you do to actually figure out who you are? Well, it didn't happen overnight. Obviously, when you first get into a relationship, I mean, sometimes this happens, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you find one and you know you live happily ever after. But you know, within the 21st century, you know, like that doesn't happen anymore. You know, It doesn't happen like the old days. But I think you learn with experience, really. Like, I'll be honest with you, it probably only took me about two years ago to find myself. But what I did, boy, it felt great. But I think the, the way I found it was through trial and error. So, through Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> there I am. <laughs> uh, Google Maps has been brilliant. No, I'm, I, know, I, just, I found out through trial and error. So, I was in a relationship that I clearly wasn't happy in, and I tried to change myself like a gazillion times, but I wasn't happy each and every time. 
And when I eventually found myself, when this was towards the end of my last relationship, I was happy, but the relationship wasn't because the person I was with couldn't accept for who I really was. But I was more happier than ever because I found myself. And I think it's very hard to, to answer, really. Like, how do you find yourself? But I think you work on what I did most importantly was a simple pen and book. Like, what made me happy? And I written that down. What was the areas that I wasn't happy? So I was uncomfortable with. And I worked on each and every one of them. And eventually I was crossing off the areas that I was uncomfortable with and started ticking the areas I was comfortable with. And eventually it worked for me. And the areas that I was comfortable, I know this sounds bizarre, but that's the areas I visit every single day. Like that's how I found myself in the end through trial and error, but identifying what makes me happy as a person, whether the person I'm with stands by my side or not. So it was a simple pen and book for me, but it took 26 years. Yeah. Wait, so you're only 26? No, no, I'm 28 now. So it was two years ago. Ooh, okay, grandpa. (laughs) How old are you? (laughs) 37. There we go. Great grandma. Yeah, great grandma. Great, great, great grandma, but not because I'm old, but because I'm just great. Like, I'm just wonderful. So that's how they describe me. I'll vouch for it. I'll vouch for it. <laughs> if you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. So for me, the way I kind of have quote unquote found myself was like you said, through trial and error, but I started to take stock and take note of where I felt the most happy and where I felt the most at home. And there's something to be said for putting yourself in uncomfortable positions and situations so you can really figure out if you're supposed to be there or not. Because if I just always constantly went where I only was comfortable and only where I was happy, I wouldn't have been pushing myself. But then there comes a point where eventually it's like the experiment is over. Like, okay, I've now put myself in this uncomfortable position 38, 500 times, and it just doesn't feel right. Then I can give myself permission to say like, okay, this isn't working. So like for me, I lived in Los Angeles for 10 years and was never happy. I mean, it's tough because I think no matter what I do, I really won't be completely happy. So I can't say it was LA per se, because wherever you go, there you are. But I always felt physically very different from being in Los Angeles and then from being in New York. When I was in Los Angeles, I felt like, it sounds cliche, but it was a puzzle piece that just didn't fit. And I constantly was trying to make it fit. 
and wondering why, why I feel lost, why I feel disconnected, why I don't feel like myself, why I don't feel like people are seeing me for really who I am. And finally, after 10 years, there was one day, it was just like I hit my limit and I said, I'm done. I got to go. And so obviously 10 years is a long span of time. I probably should have called it quits after like four years. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm a procrastinator, obviously. But once I... Because I always was like, I feel at home in New York. Every time I'm in the city, I feel happy. I feel like things are jiving. I feel like there's synergy. Like I would go to the city or the East Coast and I would literally cry. Really? Yes, not all the time like a lunatic, but (laughs) every now and then I would get so choked up with emotion because I felt so relieved and so happy. And I actually almost get like emotional talking about it because I was trying to do the wrong thing for myself for so long that like my body, I think physically was like, listen to me. So you do have to eventually really stop and go, okay, my body and my soul is trying to tell me something and I need to listen. So for guys who are trying to find themselves, stop lying to yourself. And I think like like you said, writing things down and almost like taking stock or keeping track of where I feel good and where I feel bad. And what is it that I'm doing when I feel just like on top of the world? And how can I do more of that? And then doing whatever you can to push toward that direction. Because sometimes when you're in a certain position in life, you can't do what makes you happy all of the time but you can do what you can to push for that. It sounds really weird, but I think you're right with the with the body and mind. I think it comes a time in, when you try so hard, but this, you can clearly identify something's not right because your body and, and your mind start to give you signals that you're not even aware of at first, but then they start to be consistent and you're like, something's not right here. And I think, again, I don't mean to talk a lot about my previous relationship, but when you try and try and try and try and try and try, and then your body and your mind giving you signals that you, you don't even know that's happening at the time, but then you, you start to realize that they're happening every day. You know something's not, not right. The way I realize is when you've given 100% and you're still getting them, them signs with your body and your mind, you know something is not right and you know you have to, to, to have to go. It's almost as if they're giving you the signals to go into the right direction. I know it sounds really bizarre, but it happened in, no, my, right. in my previous relationship. It just, my mind and my body was telling me something. And eventually I listened to it. I listened to it. Yeah. You're like, this lack of boner is like a gift from God. Like it's telling me, <laughs> listen to my lack of boner. Listen to the flaccidity. I don't even think that's a word. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this. But yes. Listen to your body. And when you embrace all those things that are making you happy, then you embody this confidence and this like intangible thing that people like to be around. And so it just kind of will seep into other areas of your life in the best way. Okay. So we talked about two things to get some self esteem. I want to talk about a third. Can you think of a third thing that that guys can do? Yeah. So, firstly, obviously, as we said, social media, okay. Like, don't mirror anyone else's life. Be yourself. Do not think you just because you're not the same as someone else is failing. Get that out of the picture. Number two, then, don't be afraid. The worst someone can say is no. And the sooner you, you understand that, the better. Thirdly, then, again, growing up, we all had heroes. I still have heroes now. 
But I think what's most importantly is understanding and identifying that no one is perfect. And I think this is kind of one of the most important points as well. I know the other two are important, but I think this one is just as important, especially, again, when you relate yourself to social media. I think a lot of these people who are trying to get into shape, for example, they feel like because it's not happening overnight and it takes time, they think by looking at someone on Instagram and they've got a six-pack, they think that's the perfect person. But a picture can speak a thousand words in the background. They don't know, like, struggles our person could be going through just because someone visually looks great doesn't mean they're perfect and i think the sooner you realize that no one's perfect on this earth the sooner you realize i will never be perfect but i can still be great and i think that's probably one of the most important points really understanding that no one on this planet is perfect i mean apart from me of course but you stole my joke i've been waiting for like I know, 38 I know. seconds to say that <laughs> i know you sorry, i'll let you have one joke <laughs> Well, it's true. Anyone but us isn't perfect. And so do you recommend embracing your flaws and really kind of sometimes cranking them up and owning them or kind of just kind of maybe dimming them a bit and diluting them and pretending they don't exist? Which one would you think works better? I think for me, it depends on the person and how confident you are and how long it's taking you to realize in life that no one is perfect. I think when you're at that stage in life, when you realize no one is perfect, embrace it like who cares like at the end of the day i commend people who who i've seen these topless models who are like well again people classify a model to be like a size six i don't believe in that i think every shape is a model i don't care what size you are but i I like the fact that these people have come out who aren't the ideal model but they're embracing it they don't care what people think and i'll be honest with you it's such an attractive thing to have and i think it's so crucial. And I think then people who actually embrace themselves and understand that, you know, and understood, sorry, that no one is perfect. And when you get to that level in life, it is an amazing feeling. It really is an amazing feeling. Yeah. I always talk to my guys. So I do banter coaching. I teach guys how to be kind of witty and clever yeah, and charming yeah. with women. And one of the things we talk about is self-deprecation mm. and how to do it properly do it in a way that makes you more attractive. So what you're kind of saying there is people are imperfect and you embrace it. And when you occasionally, every now and then own it and self-deprecate about it, what that does is it speaks to that person across from you. And what they hear is this person is confident enough in themselves that they can reveal a flaw and own that flaw. And so Self-deprecation is actually a really powerful tool to communicate your confidence without being a tool. It's like you own your shit, you aren't perfect, and you're so fucking cool about it that that's confident and that's attractive. So I always recommend embracing flaws. Unless like you murdered someone, you might want to like sweep that one (laughs) under the rug (laughs) along with the body. Depends who it is though. I mean, no, I'm joking. (laughs) That's true. That's true. That's, that's a really good point. Some of them you want to own. Like, that was me. I'll take credit. That was me. Unless you killed the wrong person, there's so many things to embrace about you not being perfect. And like, I was talking to someone just the other day about being apathetic, about not really having like a big opinion on something and how you can work that into your favor. So people will frown upon someone not 
being like super passionate about said topic. But like basically what I say is crank up the volume on some of your flaws and own it and use it to be playful with and then show the things that you are passionate about in a less self-deprecating way. But yeah, no one's perfect. Again, except us. (laughs) And I think those are three really great steps or things that you brought up to build confidence. So now I want to talk a little bit about implementing that confidence in terms of approaching women and talking to women because you met your girlfriend in real life. And so clearly there was a first meeting, a first approach. So tell me about that interaction. And then I want to ask some questions. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be brutally honest with you. That's, this is what the show is about. But um, I hadn't long come out of my seven-year relationship. So it, it had only been about two and a half months, about 10 weeks. So I went to Kent. I did a photo shoot for one of the brands, one of the um, one of the brands that I work with. And so we did a photo shoot in Kent. So I did I, I had no... Okay, stop bragging. Stop bragging. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. Um, You're a model. <laughs> <laughs> But I had no intentions of meeting any women that night. It wasn't even on my goal. I was just out to have a, you know, a good time with people. And that was it, really. So I actually met my partner in one of the most diabolical pubs out there. It was awful. It was like, you know, like one of them old men pubs you go to, may have gone with your dad growing up. It was one of them pubs. It was awful. Oh, yeah. Me and my dad always went to bars when I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of them pubs. It was just... Yeah, was, I know what you mean. It was awful. The, the floors were sticky. I managed to, how I managed all the jizz. To, yeah, how I managed to keep my trainers on. It was unbelievable. But <laughs> yeah, I I walked into the pub and literally, um, there was just this girl on the dance floor and she was just staring at me. Like I promise you, this is the truth. I'm not a big-headed person. Like please, I promise you. But it was just <laughs> this girl on the floor. Like, and I was like, do you want a hand with us? So I went over there. And you put her jaw back up to her I mouth. I didn't even put my jaw. I just, I just went into the kitchen. No, her jaw. You closed her mouth for her. Like just, <laughs> her jaw was on the floor. But no, honestly, the true story. Um, I walked into the pub. There was a lovely young woman looking at me on the dance floor. So I just approached her. It was almost like her, her eyes were just looking at mine. So it just automatically it drew me to go to her, and it was kind of an opening. And I, I took full advantage of that. If she didn't look at me, I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't have approached her. But she turned around, she was looking at me, and I was just drawn to it. And um, I just asked for her name. And then as soon as she t- told me her name, I just kissed her straight away. Like, I, I just went straight Oh, in. my God. I know, I know, I know, I know. What? I know. I couldn't was there it. alcohol involved or was this sober? Well, no, it wasn't sober. Now, I wasn't tipsy. I wasn't drunk. I literally had one or two. So I was in a good state of mind. So yeah. she just, yeah. like, the eyes just drew me over. And I just asked for her name and kissed her. I just couldn't believe her. Wow, I've never heard that ever. I know. In I'm... like our seven years of doing this show. If I was listening, I would be like, fuck you, buddy. Really? It was that easy? You just like walk up to some chick you don't know and then you're just making out. So I want to try to make this more accessible for people. So obviously, most of the time, it's not going to be appropriate to like walk up and kiss a chick. You had a magic moment and you took advantage of it. And that's awesome. She was drunk though. I have to reiterate. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is not like normality. Yeah, she yeah. was drunk. Okay. All right. Well, good sign. That makes you more human. But what can a guy do to elicit more of that kind of response from a girl? Like, is there a way that 
you can not make this happen completely, but kind of recreate something like this? I think for me is, I'll be honest, I got very lucky. I've, I've met the woman of my dreams. And like for me, like like all jokes aside, it was, it was just a magical moment for me. And I weren't even going to go into that part. But I think for me is, if you're ever on a night out, it's always key to pick up the signals. And I picked it up straight away. Like That's not me bragging, that's just me being clever. It was clear, I clearly had seen someone on the dance floor staring at me. So I took advantage of that because I knew the worst she could have said was no. I mean, she was extremely drunk, so the chances are she probably would have said yes anyway. But, <laughs> I mean, in reality, I was confident at that stage. Even coming out of a, a long-term relationship, I always had it like, no one is perfect and the worst someone can say is no. So I picked up the signals. Hadn't she looked at me, I wouldn't even have made a move because there was no signals. So I think rule number one, if you're on a night out, is, and again, it, alcohol does have a big impact on the food and that is pick up the signals. If someone is giving you the looks, if you're on the dance floor and someone is dancing next to you for a long time, it doesn't always happen, but then little nuggets take advantage of them. Yeah, so what you said, I think, about seeing her and just walking over to her is super key and very important. You didn't hesitate. There's no hesitation. You didn't have to think and look uncomfortable and give off maybe a creepy, unsure vibe. You saw her and you walked over. and there's something really appealing about that because it's almost like a man seeing prey. And I hate to say it like that, but like the man sees the prey and he goes for it. There's no self-doubt. There's nothing holding him back. He's confident. He knows what he wants. He knows who he is. And so that is always what will make a guy look creepy if he doesn't go right away, if he hesitates, if he takes like too much time to maybe look away and then look back and then kind of hang around her and stand there and walk away again, it's like you lose that opportunity. So it's like sinking your teeth into the meat that's there right away before the meat is gone, before some other animal comes and takes it away in their teeth. (laughs) This is very animalistic. (laughs) So that's one piece of the puzzle. And I like that you walked up and asked her her name and you didn't really try too hard because if you just ask a name, it's pretty simple, it's pretty straightforward, and it's not pickup artisty, it's not gamey. And so there's part of me that likes that, but I know that sometimes that won't work if there's not that special something. Like if she hadn't looked at you like that and given you those big, big signals and you just walked over and asked a girl's name, I don't know if it'd work the way that it did for you. But in that circumstance, when you see the signal and you don't hesitate, you can then balance out those bold moves with just a simple question like, hey, what's your name? But if you're not seeing those other signals or if you're not seeing the signals or having that bold opportunity to just walk straight over, then you have to pick up the slack with what you say in your opening. So like if this situation wasn't so clear cut where she was so clearly looking at you, what would you have said then? Would you still have just gone with a, hey, what's your name? Or would you have said something different or more creative? I would have, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, you've nailed it on the head. The reason why I went over there is because she gave me the signal. I wanted to take advantage of that. There wasn't, I wanted to cut all the bullshit and I wanted to get straight over there in the nicest possible way because I had my eyes set on it. I knew how, how, how I felt at that moment in time. It just felt right. Hadn't the, the signals been given, yeah, I would have took a bit more of, a, of an approach because A, there was no signal, so I had nothing to work on. And yeah, I would have planned more carefully. I, again, I like the fact that you can't be hesitant because I think that does 
cut off people is an awkward vibe and I don't think girls really want to see that. But I think for me, yeah, I definitely would have had a more like pragmatic approach. I would have probably analysed the situation a bit more without coming across creepy. I probably would have asked a bit about Bowder and then I don't think the kiss probably would have happened because I think that signal just didn't happen. But I think, yeah, I would have definitely asked more questions, get to know it a bit more, but in a nice, relaxing way, not in a creepy way, like, you know, what's your name and how old you are, stuff like that. It's just, I don't know, I think it would have been a bit more relaxing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always recommend with the approach stuff to use the environment around you and make a comment and correlate it to something else that's going on. So like in your situation, like you said, the floor was so sticky. Like you could have walked over and said, I don't know how you're even moving your feet to dance like that because the floor is so sticky. So like always, if you're not just going to go with like a, hey, how are you? Or what's your name? Using your environment, being aware of your environment, and then using that in your approach is a way to make someone feel like you're experiencing something together. And there's already this kind of like camaraderie or team feeling. But I want to speak on the lack of hesitation for a second because I had this one experience that was awesome. Nothing came of it because it wasn't meant to be. But I know I look not that attractive right now, but I can look okay, you know, in the right moments with the right makeup and the light, right lighting. <laughs> you look good. You look good. <laughs> oh, thank you. I was just fishing for compliments. I know. <laughs> you know women know. really well, I can tell. So this one day I was in Maine, the state of Maine, on vacation with my parents, my family. And my mom and I were out to lunch on this little ship and the sun was shining. It was a beautiful day. And I sat down at a table with her and I saw this guy across from us at a different table, get up, walk over. I mean, there was zero hesitation. I saw him look at me. And it was like, I didn't know it was coming because it was so instantaneous. So I sat down. He made eye contact with me. He stood up, walked over to my table with my mom sitting there and said, you are the most beautiful woman I have seen in months or something like that. Wow. My mom wanted to melt. My mom was like dying. And of course, I mean, I was a little uncomfortable because I'm like 12 years old when I'm around my mom. So I was like, oh, thank you. And then he just said, I just wanted to tell you that. And he sat back down. And so, you know, if he wanted to act on it or whatever, he could have done more with it. But that was such a, like a blow your hair back kind of moment for someone like me. I wasn't expecting it whatsoever. And if he wanted to ask for my number, I would have given it to him. But yeah, it's that like seeing your prey and going for it. Super, super, super attractive. So on that note, I'm going to call it a show. I think we got a lot of awesome information and you had so many cool things to say. Or not cool. Well, you're cool. But so many great things to say. (laughs) So I'm glad that I got them out of you without Marnie here because I always have to live up to her standards. (laughs) So if you're wanting to plug anything, like your Twitter or anything, please feel free to let us know where we can find you on the non-Ask Women hours. Yeah, yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. It's Akeem Griffiths 10. So that's one zero. You can find me on Facebook as well. You can also find me on Twitter, Akeem Griffiths. And I also have my own YouTube channel as well, which again is Akeem Griffiths. So yeah, if you type them in YouTube, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, then uh, you'll find me. Awesome. And make sure you guys don't compare yourself to Akeem and don't compare yourself to anyone <laughs> except me. <laughs> except me, of course. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was awesome chatting with you. And if you guys want to get help from me on your banter skills, on your profile, you can hit me up at kristenandchill.com. It's like a play on Netflix and chill. Really cheesy. And <laughs> new episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Make sure you subscribe and make sure you share the show with a friend because I guarantee if you're not getting laid, they're not either. So help them get laid. Direct them to the show. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. <laughs>